0: We have a real good day ahead of us, it's been good so far, we're going to, today we're going to eat, we're going to relax, and we're going to remember our moms, okay, and we're going to remember, we're going to talk about what moms mean, and today we're going to do something a little bit different, okay, I'm going to come at Mother's Day from a different angle. And I, I I do that sometimes. I, I guess I'm angled differently, maybe. But let's start off with uh, just a few remarks. First thing is, moms and dads out there, don't put your hand up to this, okay? How many times have you failed? Maybe uh, sort of figured or thought or felt like you just didn't get it right and you beat yourself up about it you know I don't know of a mom or a dad who hasn't felt that way on probably more than one occasion let me just say this it's gonna be it's all right Because probably your foul up or your mistake or your blunder was not nearly as bad as you thought it was. Okay, and it was just a little blip on the radar. That's all it was. And remember this as, you know, we do the best we can as moms and dads to try to get it right every time, but you're just simply not going to get it right every time. And every once in a while, you'll be in a season where (laughs) it just just ain't working. And maybe, you know, you'll get caught between two opinions or two decisions or maybe sometimes, you know, you'll wonder in, in terms of relationships in your family, you'll wonder, you know, what's this all about? Maybe sometimes you're, decisions and your 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 thoughts about a certain thing will be kind of clouded and it just takes a time it takes a while to get through all that it'll be all right and it's okay one of the things i've noticed today um got up earlier and looked on facebook almost every post on facebook this morning has been about happy mother's day and it's about people talking about their moms, you know, whether they still have their moms present or whether their moms have passed on from this life. And, you know, I don't know all of my friends on Facebook really well, but I do know some of them pretty well. And in some cases, I know them well enough to know that maybe their experience with their parents or their mother was not the best in the world. But still on the page, it's Happy Mother's Day. Mom, you're the greatest. You're the best. To the best mom ever. And maybe, maybe it was a strained relationship. But I've said all that to say this there's something about motherhood. and even expand that to womanhood but in particular there's something about motherhood that provides something to a child that child can't get anywhere else and for the most part you know you know mom is the center of the home and whether it's really not Acknowledged a whole lot as that child grows older, mother you know, mom 's kind of the center of their their world, really, Of course, I know guys grow up and get married and have wives, and, and that 's true, but there's something that a, a kid, whether it's a boy or a girl, cannot get anywhere other than from a mother, and that sentiment is expressed throughout their lifetime, if it you know just is but what about? What about those seasons when things just are kind of sideways? We're going to talk about that, okay? Now, we're going to look at the life of Jesus' mom, Mary. And I'm going to mention something to you kind of straight off the bat that's not often talked about, okay? And that was this, is, is although... You know, Mary was Jesus' mother. She had other kids, too. And somewhere between Jesus' 12th birthday and his going into ministry, he lost his dad, Joseph. Okay? And Mary, losing a husband and having other children, boys and girls... She, there was something in her life that was tense and there was something in her life that was sort of hard to embrace. And it's not, there's not much said about it in the scripture, but there's a little bit, okay, there's a little bit. And she was torn between something and she was a little confused But it all terrifically worked out in the end. And that's, that's, that's the way this thing, that's how motherhood champions life. Somehow or another, it worked out good. Worked out very well. Now here's the thing. Let's pick this up. Matthew 3, 32 through 35. This was somewhere close to a year and a half, maybe two years. Somewhere between 12 and 24 months from the time Jesus was going to offer his life as a sacrifice for us, okay? There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who... Does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Let's pick up another scripture and I'll just kind of talk. Look at, um, let's see. I don't think I gave them this one. John 7, verses 1 through 8. After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. That's Sukkot, okay? That's a fall festival. But soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. If you could do such wonderful things, show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, now is not the right time for me to go, but you can go anytime. (laughs) In other words, go ahead, you go. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. There was a little tension in Jesus' family. And the tension was Jesus' ministry. You see, somewhere along the way, Of course, Jesus was the eldest son in the family. But somewhere along the way, after Joseph passed, you see, when the dad passed away, the oldest son became the head of household. And it was his job and responsibility to sort of make sure everything was taken care of in the family, but especially of the mother. He had had a special custody of her. He was to take care of her. She became his responsibility if she did not remarry. Well, Mary did not remarry, and so she became Jesus' custody. But somewhere along the way, after Jesus had went into the wilderness and been tempted of the devil, somewhere after he had went and was baptized by John in the Jordan, somewhere right along about there, Jesus sort of left the family And it didn't look like he was fulfilling his traditional role in the Jewish household. And he began his ministry. And there was tension in the family. And the brothers, as we read, came to him during the festival and they said, they knew that there was a plot against Jesus' life. They knew that. That some of the Jews wanted him dead. And so they tried to encourage him to go to Jerusalem prematurely so the Jews could kill him. And the scripture says they didn't believe in him. You see, he was, he was their brother, not their Messiah. And he was the listen to me, he was the one who abandoned the family. To pursue this God thing, this ministry, this, this thing about Messiah. And he was a miracle worker. There was some jealousy involved, there was trouble in the camp, and his brothers didn't believe him. As a matter of fact, they hated him. They couldn't stand the side of him and didn't really want to be around him. At some point later, the first scripture that I read, Jesus' brothers and his mom appears where Jesus is at, and they asked to see him. And this time they had the sisters and they had Mary, Jesus' mom. How many times do you hear about Jesus' mom during the course of his ministry? She didn't travel with them. we can't go too far, but I'm sure there were encounters with her, but there's not a whole lot mentioned about Mary during the time in which Jesus was pursuing his ministry and his destiny. It's just not silent. Have you ever wondered about that? This, this may be the first time you've ever heard this. But there was tension in the family. Here was a mom who gave birth to the oldest son, Jesus. But here was a mom who'd lost her husband and she had other children too. Children that didn't like the oldest brother. The family was separated. They weren't really together. And here was Mary trying to negotiate this divide. And I'll submit to you, She was doing the best she could with the situation that other people may not have understood. Now, Jesus didn't make demands on her, his other brothers and sisters were, apparently. And so here they were, and here he was, and she was doing the best she could in a family that was really divided. Now that may ring a bell with some of you, but at the very least, what we see here is a common thread where a mom sometimes is in a difficult situation within her family. There's situations and circumstances that's completely and totally out of her control and she's doing the best she can. I want you mothers to understand something. Your children... At the moment, if you, if you ever have to go through a situation where you're just doing the best you can and you're sort of insecure in maybe your choices or your decisions and you don't know which way to turn and, and everything, there's no black and white and it all looks kind of gray and you're pulled and, and, and torn in and this sort of thing. Remember this, as that season passes and it demonstrates that you're just human. That season passes, and at the end of it, when it's all said and done and everything's wrapped up, your child is not going to remember you for, either, for, for, those, for your feelings of inadequacies and, and, and maybe being torn. Your child's not going to remember that. You know what he's going to remember? He or she, you know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember you. And they're going to remember how much you love them. And there's going to be a regard they hold for you. Even if you have a child that's troubled and he's away or she's away and they're not living the way they are. The scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. You've laid a course. You've laid a pattern. You've laid a foundation. And even in your humanity, at your worst moments, your child is going to remember his mom and her love for him or her that's what I've noticed I've noticed that and I don't know where I'm treading this morning I really don't know that I don't know where I'm treading but I want you to see that even Mary had those moments and times and there's this situation in front of us right here in scripture where it was tough now let's go somewhere else let's go to um where was this at about Jesus at the cross. Let me see if I can find that. Was that in Matthew 10? No. John yeah, 19, 25 through 27. Okay, now, our scripture that we opened up with and those two accounts lay between 12 and 24 months, somewhere in there. I hadn't added it up, but somewhere in there between then and the time Jesus was going to be on the cross. Now, here's the cross scene. Standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas. Did you know that there were two women who were sisters who had the same name in the same family? Huh? That makes no sense. It's like there used to be a television show on, he said, said, whatever his name was, there was three brothers. He said, I want to introduce you to Daryl and my other brother Daryl. You know? Anyway, I just, this is just a little trivia point that you need to know. No big issue, but two of them named Mary and Mary Magdalene. There were three Marys at the foot of Jesus' cross. <laughs> Don't tell me the Holy Spirit doesn't have a sense of humor. Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved and said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. Where's Mary at now? Where are the brothers of Jesus? Where are his sisters? They are away. They are still where they were. Where's Mary She is standing at the foot of Jesus' cross just moments before he gave up the ghost and died. Just moments before he laid his life down for you and me. Here is Mary now. She's watching her son die. And here is Jesus. Looks down no brothers and no sisters present, looks down, sees Mary, and she is standing directly beside John, who's described in Scripture as the disciple that Jesus loved, standing right there beside him. And he looks at her and he said, Woman, this is your son now. John, this is your mother now. I want to submit to you that Jesus never once stopped loving his mother, Mary. Never once. And he still had upon him the traditional responsibility of making sure his mom was taken care of. Because he was fixing to go away. And if the oldest son was going to die, he still had a responsibility to take, make sure the mother was placed well. And see, here's the thing. Notice not nothing. Jesus never gave custody of Mary to his brothers who were left behind, which is traditionally where she would have went. Because see, she had no husband. See, the carpentry shop basically was pretty much closed. That's another reason why his brothers hated him so much. He'd abandoned the family business. But Jesus never gave custody of Mary to his blood kin. He gave it rather to the man that loved Jesus more than anything else on the face of this earth. The only one really who believed the report of the resurrection. So here's Mary. What I'm here to tell you This morning is this. Jesus would not entrust the most precious thing in the world to him other than the souls of those he was going to save. He would not entrust the most precious thing in the world to someone who didn't believe and someone who really hated him. See, they they were all unbelievers. He would not put her in the home of an unbeliever. He put her, rather, in the home of someone who believed. And someone who had faith. He put her in the best place he possibly could. And so here's, here's, here's kind of the point I'm getting to. The reason he did that was because of the love that existed in the heart of John. And see, Mother's Day, this is what it's about. It's about love. Jesus didn't take the most convenient route for his mom, which would be just to pass her off to his brothers or just to die and to leave Mary's need unaddressed. No, he took it upon himself when he was about to leave this world as one of his last acts on this earth. He took it upon himself to fulfill what he needed to fulfill in her and he put her in a place where she'd be loved. Why? Because Jesus loved her. Even though the situation for the last several months or maybe the last two years in the family was tense, Jesus' Jesus's brothers wanted him dead. Her mama, his mama stood with them outside the door one time wanting to see him and Jesus wouldn't see him. Jesus put her in the best place possible. I'm going to take sort of a step forward here. Jesus, as he was sitting in that meeting, where he said, Behold my mothers and my brothers, and he is related to me who does the will of me. We celebrate and remember Mom today. Mom. But yet and still, there's something else we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate motherhood in the family of faith. You see, there are women who are believers who've helped mother you. Some of them have been your relatives. Some of them were grandma and Aunt Susie. Some of them may have been an older cousin. But they're godly women who have the faith of Jesus in their bosoms or had that. And they, allow me to say this, they imparted to you spiritual things and wisdom and counsel and love. They give you hugs when you needed it, they may have given you a word of correction when you needed it. Who knows? But there are people in the family of God who act as mothers. And you you ladies sitting where you are. Whether you're a mother or not, you, there, there's a sense of motherhood about you where you simply reach out and you touch, you nurture, you bless, you encourage, you, you help. You identify as a mother to other people. If you've ever taught a Sunday school lesson, if you've ever been a worker in a youth group, If you've ever done mission work, if you've ever taken someone into your home who needed help, and I could name you a list a thousand miles long, you have practiced being a good mother because of how you nurtured other people. I want you to know that is vital. Here's what Paul wrote, and you don't have to go there, Kim. I just got two or three I'm going to read right here to you. Romans 16, 13. This is Paul writing, getting to the end of it. He said, Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother in mine. <laughs> Rufus had a mom. Rufus and his mom was not related to Paul, but Paul said, Salute his mother in mine. In other words, Rufus's mom helped mother the Apostle Paul. And I want you to, ladies, listen to this. Part of the reason that the church in the earth has progressed and has been strong at its foundation is because there have been women who have mothered and blessed and encouraged and strengthened men who were the leaders and foundation and pillars of the church. The church is strong today because of the, the uh, what be a good word, the legacy of motherhood of women who are faithful to Jesus. You can have oodles and boo koodles of spiritual children. You can have oodles and boo koodles of moments that you influence the lives of leadership. In the church and leadership in families. Encouraging young men to be godly dads. Telling them in in, in your own way how he needs to treat a woman. And how he needs to lead his home. You do that. That's a good thing. And so don't let the little moments when you think you've missed it. When you think you've failed. Don't let those moments overshadow the real success that you have in being a mother or practicing motherhood even if you haven't given birth to a child and what will we do without moms and grandmoms <laughs> Janie's, Janie's grandma her name was Ovi Colley She was sweet and gentle, and I loved her. She was, she, was, she was my grandma, even though I had no blood relations. She was my grandma. But I remember her as being a sweet and gentle and loving grandma who left some really good life principles and some faith principles for her children and her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren and her great-great-grandchildren, and they still talk about her today. And I'm looking at a room full of women you're going to be talked about long after you're gone if this world's still here. So don't let the devil put you on a guilt trip about uh, failure and all this kind of stuff. Don't let him feed you a bunch of lies about how you haven't been successful in building the kingdom because I tell you, the kingdom would look a lot different today if it were not for you moms and you ladies who mother... Timothy, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that's in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded that it's in you also. I'll tell you something else. Faith flows down. Faith flows down from grandmas to moms to daughters and sons and from those daughters into their daughters. And their sons. Faith flows down. It's worked that way. One of your greatest things, one of the greatest ministries that any woman can have is to allow her faith to flow down into her generations. Taking everything, every step available, taking every moment, taking every opportunity to instill faith in their children and their grandchildren and their nephews and their nieces instilling faith and it's something that that I know we men can see you know in our family Janie instilled faith she put our children in a place where they could actually come to faith and believe she worked with them she read them stories she She quoted the Bible. She put them in church. And she did all the things. She took every opportunity to make sure our children came to faith. I did too. But she was an active part of that. She was there at home with them. And they talked about Jesus from the time they couldn't do anything but babble. Y'all have done the same thing. And then I've seen my daughters. Amanda's got two grandboys. I've seen my daughters, Melissa and Monica, Encourage and mother our grandchildren. And so they'll have a legacy in those too. Plus the children that they're going to bear. And so today, as a man, I'm telling each one of you mothers now, don't let the devil give you the lie about your unimportant, about that you've missed it, about that you've failed. Don't let him paint that line in your head. Don't let the paint dry. What you have done and what you are doing is critically important, not only to your family, but it's critically important to the kingdom. And you just do what you do. You don't have to be fancy with it and you don't have to be articulate with it. The only thing you have to do, Mom, is show up and do what God puts in your heart. That's all you got to do. And God will work greatness out of it. And to you, children out there who still have a mom, remember. The first commandment with promise. And it's this. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that your length of life on the earth will be full. Honor your mom and dad. Mom especially today. Give her, if, you, if you can reach out give her a hug, that's fine. If not, give her a phone call, okay? But remember the first commandment with promise. We all have a responsibility. God's put a wonderful, wonderful thing together, has not he? It's a good thing. It's called motherhood. And I'm going to tell you, motherhood works. It works. Yep, you can find bad examples of moms. You can find bad examples of dads. And you can find bad examples of children, but I tell you, God's way works. It works. And today, with this thing of motherhood, we celebrate something that works. So Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this opportunity just to celebrate something that works. We celebrate something, Lord, this day. That you've given not only families, it's it's, it's an integral part of the fabric of of families, but you've given us something that's an integral part of the kingdom of God. And that is motherhood. And so as we go today, dear God, we can rest assured in full confidence that as long as there are people on this earth, and as long as your church body stands, as long as society exists, as long as there are cultures in every facet of the world, in every place on earth, There's going to be moms and grandmoms and aunts and cousins and friends who are women contributing to the molding and shaping, not only of each of us, but to the leadership which is to come in the earth. So thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.